The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. I should have made for Adam. Say thanks for joining us here for the whole show. Matt and I both had technical problems, but we're all good and we're started. And uh, uh, you figured it out, Matt. You're all good. Dude, I am good. I apologize. Normally, I'm a loudmouth. Uh, Safe, you can relate to this. I had two, two of my amateur guys fighting over the weekend, and uh, my one, my one, one of my guys was down two rounds, young Marcus, and uh, I had to give him a a safe Saeed special in between second and third round. And what uh, happened? What uh, happened? He, he pulled that shit off. He was yeah. losing. He lost. He was losing two rounds to this tough kid from Queens, this tough Tiger Showman's kid. And this kid was putting his hands on him and and stalking him. And and my guy's like into anime, right? So I, I I'm gonna paraphrase it, but I got in there. I go, look, forget about those two rounds. Right now, the last is three minute rounds because it's amateur. I go, these next three minutes. You're in your fucking anime movie. You're the hero. I fucking went. He's like, yes, yeah. Dude, he went out there. He fired off some kicks, took him down, took oh, his back. Shit. 28 seconds left. He strangled him. And it was one of those emotions. It was uh, It was up there with the, with, with one of the. You know, was, you know, that's so awesome. You know, it's so, it's so funny because, and Matt understands this. Sometimes these local fights with these local kids, they mean just as fucking much as the fight in UFC. Just because it, you can see the, the family, you can see everybody, the emotion, all the people that are there to watch them. I mean, it's, 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 it's something else, man. It, that feeling never goes away. So that's awesome. And that's a good story, too. Like, I, I, that's why I'm glad I'm not fighting, because you would have said, this is your fucking anime movie. And I would have went, yeah, and then walked out and got my jaw broken. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very, when he took, when he fired off the kicks, and then, because he did what I told him, and when he got the takedown, uh, I'm like, abandon the front kick, go back to your roundhouse kicks, fire him off. He then didn't get a hold of him. When he did that, he took the guy down. I was I was content. I was happy right there. I was like, with if, the this ends, yeah. if this yeah, ends yeah, yeah. with him yeah. going after him like this, I'm, I seen what I, I needed to see, yeah. and he and he's. 
But for him to take the back and finish the way he did, and the, and the other kid was really a tough kid. And uh, oh, it was very, it was, it was really. Well, it was, look at where look at where he trains jujitsu. What did you think yeah. was going to happen? Take the back and tell. Where do you think oh. he learned that from? Huh? I'll tell you. He's like a, a he's like a young Aljo. This kid, as far as jujitsu wise, he's very good in jujitsu. You know, it's good. And the other kid, Donnie, is a a kid that would you know made some wrong decisions. Now he's making right decisions. But I'll tell you, he's a young, like 20, 21 year old kid. But man, he's made the fight, this kid. And I told Marcus, out of everybody, you should be thanking Donnie. Because Donnie, they were sparring together for this thing. They both won by rear naked choke. But Marcus did a lot of play sparring. I go, this is the, when he started sparring Donnie, go, this is the first time you were ever really sparring. This is the fight. Because Donnie was going after him like he fucking owed him money. He was fucking a, like a pit bull. So I don't know. Anyway, that's why my voice is like this. You're screaming. Hey, oh. You know what, though? That that moment, those moments for those kids will be there for their whole life. Their whole life, they'll remember those moments. And every time you win an MMA fight, it's such a big fucking deal. And people just don't understand. I mean, I know it could be for no money, but it's the journey and the process. And look at how Matt, how emotional he is and how charged he is. And this guy was a world champion and coach world champions. And he's talking about his amateur kids. Yep. And that's why we do this shit, you know? That's exactly why we do it. So that's a great story, man. I love it. So hey. Matt, I texted you, Matt, too, on Saturday. I think I texted you complaining about the judges. I didn't realize that you were, uh, I think I, I didn't. Home. I was home by then. I got oh, home you by, are. Okay. I got home just by 10 o'clock. The fights by me, they, they were at the Westbury uh, Space Theater. 15 oh. minutes from my house. Okay, I'm thinking it started sit, right? at six o'clock. They were done by like nine-ish. So I got home in time for all the whole main card. And I saw some of the uh undercard also. Uh there was some controversial decisions. They you know, I I want to talk about some of those. Uh obviously you saw the fights. Say yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw them. I saw them up close. The good, the bad, and the ugly, man. You must be happy with Alex Morano, though. He looked he looked really good. Short notice fight. I mean, he's he's terrific. What a, a amazing striker. You know, the, the thing about it is, you know, you gotta love this kid. I mean, he's just the balls on this kid. You know, he's he's always the one, hey coach, there's a fight, you know, last minute. He said, I'll jump in. I don't, you know. And everyone's saying, Oh, you know, Ponzi's gonna kill you. Why they pick Morono? Look at this little white kid. He's a weak, he's this, he's that. Alex was beating the shit out of him yeah. the whole time. And for him to come, you know, he was training, so it's not off the couch. But for him to come in there and 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 to throw down like that, and I mean, and he clearly was just the technician in the fight. He kept controlling it. And I just saw that big right hand, and I know Ponzi's all heart, and I know he wasn't going away. And, you know, we tried. I told Alex in between rounds, and he knows. And that's what's so heartbreaking is that he had that fight won. And, I mean, he had it won fairly easily, but he doesn't play it safe, and he wasn't going to go out there and wrestle. You know, he likes to stand, um, even though he's a black belt. And uh, you make one mistake against a guy like Ponzi. And Ponzi, coming off of those L's, I mean, he was hungry, you know, so he yeah. wasn't going to quit any moment. And that's why we were trying to be cautious. But, you know, credit to him. He was a very sweet guy after he came up to Alex and he said, I fucking needed that a lot worse than you did, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what he said to Alex. And Alex, you know, Alex is a gamer. He said, yeah, you know. You know, maybe we'll meet down the road, but it w it was uh, bittersweet to see him fight so well for so long and to execute at that level and kind of show everybody who he really is on his first pay-per-view and then and then have him lose. But I'm very proud of him. Uh, but, you know, we don't celebrate losses. We never have. So we get back to work.
But there is the good thing though, when a guy loses, I, I mean, it does suck, but it, it's got to at least be comforting to know that his stock went way up. I mean, everyone knows he took it on short notice and he yeah. was replacing Lawler and everybody wants to see him fight again. It's like, everybody's like, what a fucking amazing fight he fought. Yeah, I mean, again, 100%. considering coming two weeks out uh, and replacing Lawler, he, he only- Yeah, five days. We took yeah. the fight on him. Oh, we took oh the fight five Monday. days. I, I yeah, thought it was two yeah, weeks. We took, there you go. No, we took the fight on Monday. I talked to Sean Monday night. So really, he had four days. I mean, okay. he had no camp. He no, t- no camp. To, no camp. Zero. And, um, you know, uh, no, I'm super proud of him. I love that kid. He was on a four-fight streak. Um, you know, and I think that he's a guy that can contend in the top 15. And he's just getting better and better. He's such an intelligent kid. And um, he listens so well. He's got a very, you know, high fight IQ. He has a great gym. You know, he's like Matt. He's, he's a, a great black belt and sure. trains a bunch of kids and stuff. Just a just a great kid and I'm, and I'm proud of him, but uh, yeah, we'll get him back in there. And, you know, he's, he's hungry. He wants to win and yeah. we'll turn it around. Jimmy, Jimmy, when I did the show from uh, Florida with uh, Dean Thomas, you were off. Yes. We had, we had Alex on and uh, oh. yeah, he's winning in life. I see a lot of, oh, yeah. uh, I, 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 you know, had a we had a school we have a very a lot of similarities as far as our road like uh yeah. i both have jujitsu schools and yeah. and uh that type of thing and and uh, yeah he's really winning in life he's got his head straight and what's really it, it's frustrating that he lost but it's definitely as far as being upsetting yes but at the same time if he went in there and got blown out of the water we got sure. a lot of work to do now it's more like fuck dude one zig when you don't zig, we know this fucking game. It's not like you go back and you have to, man, we got to, it, it, it's always going to the drawing board, but it's not like you have to start from scratch, man. That was all about as in the bank as, as any fight. Yeah. But I will say this, and, you know, to your point, both you guys, um, uh, Dana came up to us and, you know, said, I I'm, couldn't be happier with this fight. Like, you guys really came in and came to work and he said, I'm going to give him his win bonus. He said that to us in the cage. Oh. And, you know, and for Danny to do that, Sean called us uh, after work and said, Hey, you know, I can't thank you enough, you know, for you guys stepping in. And uh, he said, I want to talk, you know, and, and Alex is going to get a new contract as well. So as far as what you guys are saying, you are right. I mean, he, his stock does go up and he does move forward, but seeing how disappointed he was, was obviously hard for me. And, uh, you know, as a coach, you always want to see your, your kids win. You always want to see that joy in their face and, and have that have that smile. They're just like your kids. You know, you love them like your kids. So um, I'm, I look forward to him in his next fight, you know, having success and, and uh, getting back on track. But as far as having his head, like Matt said, his head straight, I think it was, it was a, one of the pre-fight interviews. Where he was saying something about, uh, yeah, title contention. He's like, if I get a four, I, get, I just got to extend this streak. Yeah, and then we're taught like he doesn't he wasn't you know i have one more fight and i want a shot he seemed to be like a really a smart way of looking at you know, the next thing he's, in front of him. He, he's one of those guys that's so humble it's like you're like man you know you actually need to turn the switch a little bit and give yourself a little bit more credit yeah. uh absolutely because you know there's guys that that um haven't done you know the guys that had 17 fights in, inside the ufc you know and i mean i think he was 11 and four um, he's had multiple win streaks. It was nine and two, I think, in his last 11. So, I mean, that's 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 a career. That's a great career. And uh, I just think that, you know, I think he's actually getting better and better. So I'm excited to see what he does moving forward. And I think, like I said, 
guy like that, I would like to see him ranked uh, to say it wasn't, you know, in the top 15 in the world. I'd like to see him maybe have a main event on a fight night, you know, in the next year, I would like to see him uh, get more opportunities because I think he can do them. And he's just such a quiet, nice guy. Sometimes those guys don't give him any shine, but you know, I'm glad the world got to see who he was this weekend. Oh, well, yeah, he's fighting. Guys like that, they don't need a big mouth, man. His, his fighting is very, yeah. very entertaining. Dana Dana doesn't give out compliments loosely, you know what I mean? No, so, he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, and, you know, he wasn't giving too many compliments to Jared Gordon after that. <laughs> I, I, it's to weird. Jared Gordon or Patty Pimblett? To Jared Gordon. I'm saying that in the I saw the post-fight press conference, and he was kind of saying how Jared was assuming he won those first two rounds and and kind of just controlled them the third round. Personally, I thought Jared won that fight. I really I do did. too. Uh yeah. I I was really I loved his left hook. Oh my goodness, all day long. I was impressed with his striking. Uh I, I thought he fought smart. I thought and then I thought that was a smart thing to do, but you know I thought I thought what, it was a 29-28 for Gordon is what I is is what I thought. I thought Jared, you know, was landing some big shots against the fence too. You know, I thought, I thought, you know, the eye test, the test is usually pretty good. When you watch a fight, you've got that internal clock, yeah. and, uh, and and that internal scoreboard. And you know, obviously, we're coaches, and you know, we we break down the sport for a living. That's what we do. Uh, and when a fight is really close, you kind of think in your head like this might be a split decision. I don't know. I I thought. I thought that Gordon had it, 29-28, and I thought maybe it could be a split, maybe, but I thought even if it was that he would still win, and I, I thought a split would even be a little bit funny. So unanimous to go the other way. Yeah. L- look, I mean, you know, let's we're going to get into this today, but it's just got to change. You know, I mean, it, it, there's so much that goes into this, and it, it's, it's, it, it's, and this isn't like, you play a game and then the next day you have a game. This isn't, you know, there are 17 games in this, in this season for football. There's, this is, if you lose one fight, you might go in a completely different direction forever, forever. Yeah. And, you know, if you slip on a banana peel and, you know, you get clipped like we did, we lost, man. Credit to, to Ponzi. You can eat that. But when you win a fight and you, you know, and everyone thinks you won the fight and then you lose it unanimously, it's just, you know, it's, it's a mind fuck for a lot of people. And I think that we see everybody's very frustrated. We do have to remind everybody that it's not the UFC that makes these, gets these right. judges. So the shit pisses me off when I see him going, UFC's rigging this, rigging that. It's like, you think the UFC wants the judging to be fucked up? Are you stupid? Like, like what Ankaliyev wants- like said, oh, I want to fight for yeah. the promotion. Yeah. It's like, they don't, it's the athletic commission, right? Who gets the judge? Yeah. I just, I just hate it how we're, we always just want to get online and bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch. Like, let's just, let's look at reality. Reality is these athletic commissions need to to be overhauled. There needs to be a national accreditation system. There has to be a standard that happens from here on, no matter what, where there's experiences taken. It doesn't fucking matter if you say I judge all these fights, no one cares if your judging is weird. And every single time you judge some weird shit happens, you can't be a judge. You know, if every single time, uh, I was coaching. We weren't winning. Uh, guess what? You know, you'd have to look at that. You have to look at performance and you have to look at stats and you have to look at, at uh, results and certain judges are having goofy ass results all the fucking time. So it's like, and, and I've said this before, I, I've, I've worked with the Nevada commission. The commissioner I think is great. Some of the staff is great. 
some of this stuff is is leftover stuff from you know boxing and there there's no answer but it's really getting to be annoying you know do you do you think that it, I, now Derek clearly i think um it was with the weird thing i think it was the third round of uh blahovic uh, ankalaya that he gave to uh ankalaya which uh i remember john anik was talking after it seemed to be a very questionable i mean because that that was such a weird fight and such a a, a a strange decision is that one of the things you're talking about like that I third mean, round? I, you know here's the problem you can't just call out one judge you know right. i saw some stuff out on one judge it's all over the internet but then that judge makes sense on some other stuff and then mm-hmm. it's the other judge it makes no sense when that judge made sense so so the problem is across the board i'm not going to sure. name call any one of these judges i think that you could look through every one of them and say hey this kind of doesn't make any fucking sense and i don't see that in, in, in other areas you know in, in other sports and other boxing obviously and that's why no one watches boxing and yeah. with mma you know it just needs to be clear. It needs to be cleared up. Number one is the UFC doesn't pick the fucking judges. So I don't want to keep hearing the same shit over and over again about this was that. And this is the, the UFC doesn't want any, any type of bullshit where people watch it and go, Hey, this doesn't make sense. How would the UFC want that for one guy? So that's why the conspiracy shit gets on my nerves. Right. The reality is we're in a bad way. And it's the fighters that are getting affected, the teams, the sport and the UFC, everyone's getting affected. And it's the athletic commissions and some athletic commissions are fucking even way worse. Nevada has tried, I think, clean up some, but you could point out every one of them and let's talk about it. It's a government entity. Government employees bust their ass. They're out there grinding. Give me a break, man. So maybe they need to privatize it. Maybe they need to privatize it and start hiring people. And those people need to be credentialed just like employees of a private company. They need to be drug tested. They need to be, they need to have a certain amount of experience. Maybe they need to train a certain amount of hours. Every There needs to be continued education. We've got to change this whole system. I mean, the whole thing has to be changed. Well, you said something interesting, and I want to ask you about this, because you said that if you go through any one of their records, you're going to find questionable things. 100%. Is, is it possible that these guys put more value on certain aspects of MMA. Like for instance, in baseball, you'll have certain, uh, hey, this guy, he's known for a low strike zone. This guy is known for a, a higher strike zone. So the umpires kind of are consistent with the fact that they look at a lower strike zone. Is it possible that just clearly, or any of the other guys, hey, this guy puts twice as much value on uh, grappling up against the fence as he does against this if or you, that? If, you know, if you could do that and had a set, judges and you could tell the fighters hey going into the fight like hey you know what these guys look for this that and that i mean that would change your whole camp how if one of those judges got sick how if one of those judges didn't show up how if how if uh the fighter fighting was a striker and he knew that the uh, the judge loved grappling but he was a striker then i mean he wouldn't want that judge no matter what so it just look if so many people in the sport, like forget about everyone online. Just forget about it. Take them out. I'm t- we're talking about coaches. Every single week I see the coaches all getting online. I don't do that personally, but I see it. Fighters, uh, announcers, these commentators. You think John Ant doesn't fucking know MMA? The guy's watching MMA every single day. He studies ferociously, you know, all of them do. DC, all these experts, these are experts. Everybody is, is not agreeing with what these people who we don't know, we don't know their background, we don't know their credentials, 
They don't, they're, they are not, they, the only thing the commissions can do is not book them again, right? They'll, and I know the commissions do this. If judges are a little funky, they won't book them for a while. That's their way of telling them like, we don't want to use you. I know that they do. Yeah, do but that. that that one guy, I'm not going to mention his name, but oh. the ref. No, no, there's a judge has been around for a while, and uh, he's he's really he's really something else. But uh, if he was back when I was fighting, oh. and and I just he's, I'm not a fan of him. But uh, you know that guy's still around for 20 years, so I don't know. It's got to be a better process, and and the fact that guys stick around as long as they do, and they make up, they make shitty calls, and they're, they're I don't yeah. know. Hey, yeah. But this, but speaking of that fight, I don't. I think that what I don't know. We're talking about how you judge a fight. Is it is it out of the world that Jan won those first three rounds? Look at the damage he was doing to those legs. No. You know no, what I mean? It, it's it's it goes back to the ten eight on 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 uh, the fifth. And how that was looked at. And look, yeah. I mean, that fight, I don't think, I think people are kind of in the middle of, but the Gordon Patty Pimlet fight. Yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. The Ankle Live Yon fight. Yeah. The Ankle Live Yon fight, and it's a title fight. You know, I, I don't, you know, I mean, it was weird, but that was a weird fight for everybody, even the judges. So let's be fair. Yeah. It was just a weird ass fight. Uh, yeah. But to, to see the, everything get, you know, all the headlines be dominated by the judging talk and this and all the other crap and it's just like man you know this this sport has moved so far and and you know when you're on the inside and you see how hard everybody's working including the ufc including some of the commissions you just want you know you you would like to see the product improve and not regress and, and it hurts me to see it regress i i love sorry jimmy i like oh. patty i like patty a lot yeah i, I like his confidence in in his in his and his and his um his self confidence, you know, and his and his fighting ability, but I, I believe he was. It's a weird thing, because as, as if you were his trainer, like I don't know, you have to be honest about that fight, but yet you don't want to like curb this kid's confidence or anything, because yeah. he's when he's talking about he thinking he won the fight, it wasn't even close. It wasn't close when Joe when Joe was Rogan was telling him it was close. That's odd to me, because. God damn it was close. He looked like there was never a thought that it was not it, that was that it was close. Uh, it was it's no, that that be a I, problem because there's yeah, not gonna be I, any correction yeah. there. I don't I know. Think, but. I, I think for him, and this might be true for this fucking kid. I'm not him. I think everybody hates him so much, especially last week, because he was running his mouth and talking that shit about the media, and then everybody attacked him. I think that everybody he was just like, fuck everybody. I don't think he wanted to admit. Anything, right. even if he thought the fight was close, I think right. he was like, "Fuck that! I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give anybody any anything." And you know, these guys, man, I don't agree with some of the stuff that happened last week. At the end of the day, these are young guys in their twenties, you know, and they got all that pressure on them. And uh, yeah. sometimes I think I see, I think they act out emotionally, and and everybody's trying to interpret it. But just like a bad relationship or you know, a bad girlfriend, you know, sometimes you say dumb shit, and dumb shit happens. And I, I just think that 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 whole week for him was one of those was one of those moments hey matt we got something really uh fun here we've been waiting a while to do this 
we have these amazing UFC Timex. Now, I'm assuming they're watches. They sent me a box, and I did not open it because we had to wait until we were allowed to open it. Jimmy, can I ask you something? Yes. What's in the box? <laughs> Sorry. I disappeared. I'm still here just looking at my box. All right. I'm it up. I am. I am too. Wait. Oh, here we go. I found it. Okay. It smells like a new gift. Uh, this is the a Timex. It says UFC Timex on both boxes. I got two boxes. It does smell nice, Jimmy. Did you get one box or two? I, got ah, two I was boxes. hoping I got two and you got one. Okay. Yes. I'm even going to put my old man glasses on so I can read everything. Um, I do not own a watch and I do need a watch, but I have not gotten one yet. So I'm actually happy I have this. Hold on. Ooh. A re- official timekeeper of the UFC. All right, let me open Ooh, this. Hold on, Jimmy. Hold on, buddy. Let me open Look mine. Oh, this is re- actually this is really, really nice. Um, I know I would have to say it's nice, even if it's not. But this is actually a really nice watch. Jimmy, it sure is. Oh, I love this. Okay, here's the struggle. How do I get it out of the box? Okay, there we go. Wow, Jimmy. I love this watch. Um. Okay, let me see why they're doing this. Why are we getting this? Because this is really a, a well, nice well, I, gift. Because what? it's the official timekeeper of UFC. And here's what I love. I love the fact that it has a nice rubber uh, kind of band around it. I hate the little bands that get caught in your arm hair. That drives me nuts. Timex celebrating their 170th anniversary in 2024. Uh, this is the first ever uh, official timekeeper and watch partner of UFC. Now, Timex can be seen clocking UFC's greatest moments, counting down 96 hours before every pay-per-view fight on UFC.com, seen on-air counting down every fight on pay-per-view. The recent Timex UFC collection comprised of 45 watches launched October 19th globally. And I'm taking out my little, the thing here that keeps it from, how do I take this out? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Jimmy, this is not... Okay, now I can wind my watch. This is absolutely and fantastic. And they're reasonably priced, by the way. The collection ranges from $55 to $235. So it's not like you're going to get out of a car at a restaurant and, and, a, and five guys on mopeds are going to pull up and snatch it off your arm. This is just a really nice watch. And this is a good watch to uh, to work out in. This is I actually look good in this watch. And I typically don't look good in watches. Um, let me talk about Timex for a second. They're known for over a century. They're crafting durable watches built to withstand life's toughest moments. Timex is proud to enter the octagon as the first ever official timekeeper and watch partner of UFC. Timex's three collaborative collections of UFC branded timepieces combine best in class design with no nonsense materials. The result is an unbeatably tough sports centric wearing experience for any fighter and even guys that aren't fighters like me who hang out with fighters. The result is unbeatably tough sports centric wearing experience for any fighter expertly engineered for strength, street and performance. Each is fully equipped with a hard hitting feature the crowd wants and the pros need the only watch tough enough for UFC and it actually makes me look tougher than I am. This is a great watch. It's heavy too. It's got like a nice, a nice feel. It's not like one of those little fruity watches. You actually feel like you have a watch on, you're wearing something. I'm going to look at my other one too. Do you know that Sean O'Malley and Dustin Poirier are their ambassadors? 
Yes, yes. I did know that. Yes, I knew that before. Yes, I know that. I did know that. I'm sorry. It smells Jimmy, good too. Yes, buddy. The official timekeeper of UFC. Yep. And now I'm, I'm going to so use my teeth and pull this part. Hey, Christmas came early, Jimmy. Christmas came early for us. Honest. Oh, they, oh, I didn't even notice this. I'm so stupid. Look how great this is. They say UFC on the. This is a great gift for any UFC fan you know. It says UFC here on, on this one. It's a little more subtle in black. And here they kind of write it where you can see it. So if you have a friend who's a UFC fan, um, or even if people don't like you, but you know someone who's a UFC fan and you want them to like you, this is a great gift to get somebody. Hold on, let me put it on my little arm. Well, this gift is mine, and I want to say thank you to the UFC and time. Yeah, thank you guys very much. I, I know, I, I, again, you're a sponsor, so I wouldn't trash you if I didn't like it, but I legitimately do like it. I can tell you with all, and I'm not the best. You got Sean O'Malley, you got Dustin Poirier. You don't need 54-year-old me and my Miss Meanie, uh, you know, Foghorn Leghorn uh, nephew's glasses uh, complimenting your watches. But look at these watches. These are both gorgeous. Yes. And uh, thank you, Timex, very much. And congratulations to uh, partnering with UFC. A great gift to get anybody. And how cool do I look with two watches? I wish I could exit out now. I don't blame you. Thank you, Timex. All right, thank let's get back to the show. And they're going to give Glover and uh, Jamal Hill uh, is going to, in Brazil, they're fighting for the light heavyweight. Uh, and, and it's funny when you get a guy like Patty, and then the opposite end of the spectrum is Jan, who is like, uh, who literally almost raised uh, Uncle Ayev's hand. And, and I, he, at the end, he probably realized, like, oh, I'm shooting myself in the foot for a rematch here. Because Joe's like, do, do, how do you, he goes, well, I, I, I don't know if I uh, lost, but I know I didn't win. Like almost like Jan realized like he might be talking himself out of another shot yeah. by being so yeah. humble. These I think, good. but, and, and, and you guys will agree. Jan's 40 fucking years old. That's how you are at 40 years old. You're yeah. cool. You're chill. You know, you're like, yeah. Oh, well, Hey, that sucks. That's how you handle something at 40 years old versus at 27 or whatever Patty Pimblet is. Right. And, and I think we just saw Jan do that. And I, and I think you nailed it. I think he was like, I need to shut the hell up here. I'm kind of, killing myself uh and you know I, again that, that that was just a really weird fight I, i'm glad that glover's getting a shot i think yeah. that that's i think that's cool i think that ufc moved on quickly and i think that you know and then we'll see where ankle live is maybe he can fight you know whoever wins i don't know i thought Jan was being very very cool yeah, yeah. and magomed not as much but he magomed really thought he won though so Where's yeah. my belt? I deserve this. Ah, you know, you're yeah. not gonna be you're not gonna be dancing for a while, Magomed. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But, well, he's uh, probably also a guy who's been overshadowed. I think he probably is feel feels like ah, eh, you know, I, I don't. He doesn't get a whole lot of love uh, compared to the way other fighters do. So maybe he's like, this is my shot, and he felt like he did enough, and he didn't get. You know, it was just yeah. kind of. You know, he, you know, he's he's a he's a hell of a fighter. You know, I did a yeah. UFC break breakdown on him, and uh, I mean, he's amazing. The guy's amazing, and uh, he's a great fighter. But he's a quiet guy. You know, sometimes those quiet guys they internalize things. And hey, I think you're right. I think he's just bummed out more than anything. Yeah. And Duplessis made a good point. He thinks that uh, Till should be fighting at welterweight. What do you think is going on with Darren Till? I, I think that after a while, people just know to look out for that booming left. And, and on that yeah. level of competition, when you, when you have one main thing that you're doing most effectively, guys are just good enough to look out for it. I think he has more than just the left. I think he was putting some stuff together. And, and I thought I, it was a little frustrating because 
it looks like he, he he didn't totally empty the tank when and then, like he could have put a little bit more output on him when when um he was uh, hurt when he was yeah hurt. Dr- uh, dude how do you pronounce his last name Duplessis. Duplessis. Duplessis yeah when Duplessis was getting that second wind it and it, it just Darren seemed just the fresher fighter. And he yeah. was throwing more than I did than the left hand. He was throwing a good straight kick. I mean, he was he was kicking nicely. It, he's, feels he, like it, it was within reach. It feels like it was within reach there. You know. Yeah, like he was going to surge and knock him out and come back and get the knockout against the fence. It did. The momentum was changing, but I do think, you know, and you know this, Matt. I mean, I was a welterweight, you know, and uh, I remember people telling me, "You're big, man. You're a big welterweight." You too. Remember, everyone's like, "You're jacked." You're like, me and you are fucking tiny for oh, weight tiny, now. Yeah. Well, I mean, but back then it wasn't that tiny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now welterweights walk around at 210 pounds, and they're huge. They're six two. They're six three. And I think till in the timeline that he got the injuries and the hardships he's had in the last four years. I think the weight classes have changed and I think middleweights are, are bigger and stronger. And I think maybe 170 is something that he would have to look at, he, you know, and because you look at Kevin Holland, the guy fought at 85 and then he fought at 70 and they're similarly built, you know? And, and I think that you saw Kevin Holland have some lasting power, even though against wonder boy, it was a striking matchup. Kevin Holland's walking around at 190, you know, and middleweights are walking around at 220. Some of these guys. So maybe 170 would help there until, uh, not get you know wrestled and grappled the way that he does where he seems to not be able to you know he got up though and that guy's a great grappler he got up multiple times and maybe there is a size differential there that maybe 70 would work for him I don't know why do you think guys are walking around so much heavier is it that there's so much more knowledge about the weight cut and they're able to do it so much more efficiently yeah I mean what happens is right nutrition gets better diet uh, dietitians now you go to the PI they've got everything they have uh <sighs> You know, they've got all this, all the different stuff and guys like to be bigger, have a layer, a little layer of fat on them so they don't get hurt. And, you know, Matt can speak to this when you're lean and, you know, you get thrown around and you get hit, it hurts a lot more than when you, you know, when you're 10 or 15 pounds heavier, you've just got more lubrication in your joints. You just feel a little bit better for the camp. So guys don't, you know, guys aren't going to walk around at, at their fight weight. They're going to walk around at least 15 or 20 pounds heavier. So that they feel stronger and then they can train. Um, and then sometimes they continue to get bigger because of strength and conditioning and those other things and, and the hard work they're putting in. And then it becomes a problem, right? Where they're too big. So all I know is it's gonna be a rough fucking Christmas at the Takakis household. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking around. Couple t- couple of tough weeks for the fucking Takakis boys. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, I mean, yes, it's a rough game. Yeah, yeah, because they were on top of the world. They were both undefeated, tough guys from Philly. They still are tough, tough guys. But man, what a shitty couple of weeks for these poor guys. You know, bad, bad luck comes in waves, Matt. And I mean, the thing is, dude, that there's no easy fights anymore out there. You know, and I mean, you see this shit every week. I mean, everybody's tough, and 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 if a guy's coming off a loss, he's pissed off. The other guy's coming off a win, and he wants his, you know, energy and. It, it, every week there it's it, you're fighting for your life it doesn't matter i mean and sometimes it doesn't go your way so that was rough i felt bad for him he's those are nice guys yeah you know? big ex philly cop matt i think you, matt didn't you pick jarzino I, I thought you said that that's gonna be a very tough matchup for Dawkins. i think you actually uh picked correctly on that I, I wish i could take credit for it but i think you did the picks when i was in in disneyland 
<laughs> oh, then you know what? Maybe yeah. it was uh, Dean Thomas or John Anik. It might. I don't know if John would pick. It might have been Dean that said it. I don't remember. Might have been Dean Thomas. Maybe I dreamt it. Maybe I just said it after the fact. Maybe like I an asshole. Have. I said that after the fight, like I thought I of it beforehand. Yeah, he's like you called it. I should have just, just took that credit right there. Are you but, good uh, at picking fights? I'm sorry to interrupt you, man. Are you good at picking fights, safe? Like, I, I find it very, very difficult, and I, I bet right. with my head more than my, my heart more than my head. As far as people, uh, I, I can kind of see the patterns, and I think that's what coaches do, right? Same with Matt. You know, I mean, you look for patterns in a fight, and so I feel like everybody, including the odds makers, kind of are pretty close now on on fighting and the matchups now everyone is so much better that i think you don't have that differential like you used to have back in the day so okay there's more 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 parity almost like when the nfl went to uh when they went to salary caps there's just more parity yeah. in the league. it just balances it out a little bit yeah maybe you're 100%. right maybe, okay 100%. i i find it so difficult like and we we do friendly picture I, I don't gamble i'm too compulsive uh so we'll just do it to see who was right and I'm like, gee, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, I'm wrong about all of them. Like, I'm either right about 90% of them or I'm wrong about all of them. I find it very, very difficult. Yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think if you're training and in the sport, you know, like Matt's on the, he's, I mean, he's at the gym every day. I'm at the gym every day. I'm, I'm watching these patterns develop and you kind of, the sport's changing so fast and, 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 and so much. And so I think you kind of stay in line with those patterns and you can kind of see things. Like, I totally agree with Matt that I thought, Darren Till was about to knock Duplicis out in the second round when Duplicis yep. gassed out and he was walking him down towards the fence and Duplicis was covering up, but then he didn't. So, you know, if you had bet on Till there, you'd probably super excited. And then, you know, one last takedown and that was it. So you just never know. Hey, hey guys, ready? Speaking of a great corner advice, seven plus five. I mean, I mean, I know it's 12, but I'm not seven in the fight. Five. <laughs> now listen, what about... Your, 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 your son's birthday. Hey, listen, can I tell you something? If I'm sitting on a stool and I'm fighting and I was and I had kids and Longo brings up, oh, your, your daughter's birthday. I have enough trouble remembering that shit at the CVS. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Oh, uh, let me see. Six, uh, oh, wait, oh, wait, seconds out. Go fuck yourself. I like Matt Arroyo. He was in the house on the Ultimate Fighter season six. <laughs> He was one of my guys. I like Matt Arroyo. I did seminars at his jujitsu school. He's a nice guy. But holy fuck. I don't oh well when they when 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 you when you do mathematics, it brings you a certain part of your brain. Really? It brings me in fucking dot to, to fucking high school or some shit. Go fuck yourself. I got a guy trying to take my fucking head off. Why don't I address that? I don't know. And I like Matt. Now, Dean Thomas made a point, and, and I'll ask both of you this. He right. said that it was to see if he was thinking with an instinct side of his brain or if it was a, the other side of his brain, if he was actually. Oh. Dean Thomas gave an explanation that that was a test just to see which side of his. Uh, is there any accuracy to that or as, as a coach? Fight, would fight, fight or flight. Here, here's what I say. Yeah. And I think, I think Matt's fucking hilarious, by the way. And me and him <laughs> are very similar. Sometimes when people are sucking, we just tell them, you fucking suck. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get your fucking hands up. Get your chin down. You need to take down. Like he said, you need the fucking takedown. You got to win. And I, for me, I'm very direct. I'm very, very direct because there's not a lot of time. And I think fighting is, there's not a lot of room for bullshit in fighting, right? If you bullshit at the wrong moment, you know, but I will say this, I will change my style for what, whatever the fighter is. So like Kennedy, 
uh, Kennedy, when you yell at him, he doesn't do very well with that. So you got to just tell him right. very direct, you know, instructions. Jeff Neal, he likes that shit. You know, he's always like, coach, if I'm fucking up, you need to get on my ass. He tells me like, don't sugarcoat it. So with Jeff, you know, if he's behind or he's not doing what he needs to do, I'll get all over him. Uh, Macy's different. Damon Jackson is different. Um, everybody is different. Uh, Morono is different, you know, so Ryan Spann. Um, it, it, it just depends on the athlete. And I think I thought, you know, I, I'm not going to disagree with Matt on that, but we, we got to say Billy Q got the win after that. So, so Arroyo is just going to be like, Hey, whatever it takes to win. And I can agree with whatever it takes to win. And I know Matt can agree with whatever it takes to win. So I, Hey, all I know is I know Billy Q also, who knows? Maybe he loves math. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he loves math and maybe he has his, maybe he has a better memory than I do when I have three, I have three daughters. Maybe he has one kid. I don't know. But all I know is when I go to the pharmacy and I got to pick up some shit for my three kids, I'm always hilarious. fucking up. And I'm if I'm under a clock to do that, I also want to get water. And oh, oh yeah, I want to worry about that savage across there that just was trying to elbow me in the fucking face. But no, no, let's go back to mathematics. But but me and you, and again, it goes back to generational shit. You know, I think that that's just a generational thing. We look at them sometimes and we think they're soft. You know it, I know it. And we think that they're just a little different than us. The fact is, they are. They got raised different from us. When we grew up, it was shut the fuck up, get outside and figure it out, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's always been that way. So, um, Different yeah. strokes with different folks. I agree with you. Some fighters, like what I talked about with uh, Mar young Marcus over the weekend, it was specific just to him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it worked and it felt great. So it's like, but uh, you know, cause I'm not, I don't think I'd be throwing the mathematics out. Well, is I, it hard for you guys as coaches, both you guys, is it hard for you? Like you said, it's a different generation. Is it hard for you to adjust and talk to a different, like or it, does in, in your mind, do you want to just go shut the fuck up or it, do you have to realize, all right, this kid's 23 years old. He's a much different. I, I, I think, I think the goal is to win. And you know, me and Matt are, very much alike like whenever i see him corner i think it's fucking spot on and you know god bless him he's always complimenting me too and i appreciate that because i think it's just like you got 60 seconds man like you know you don't have a lot of time to bullshit but listen to the story he led with we know matt doesn't watch anime give me a fucking break he hasn't seen anime in his whole fucking life but he knew that his kid he knew his kid wore the anime yep. shirt to practice had all the anime shit and he made a mental note and he fired it away and the kid came back and got the fucking got the rnc and won so i think that you know and he's still happy god bless him so i mean it's great i don't know i think i think in, i think that we do whatever we need to do i bet you yelled it to him though didn't you you didn't say hey you're an anime character you yelled it to him when you oh no him. yeah no i was going off it was good i like no, that, that's the fight I, I my first guy went in there he mauled his guy i didn't even get a chance to yell uh yeah marcus down two rounds after that third round and then in between the second and third the fact that he's like i said the fact that he was responsive yeah the fact that, that when he when he fired off those kicks with a kid that wasn't respecting him the kid wasn't respecting him the kid was walking him down and all of a sudden he's firing off the kicks where'd this come from and he was and then all of a sudden he got the takedown it's like if it ended with that i would have been almost 100%. You know, because you got you got you changed the momentum because you changed the momentum. 
you were yeah. you're losing this fight. You could have just been already depressed on your stool and whatnot. Yeah. Was, it was great. It was a great moment, man. So, uh, yes, that was phenomenal. It was a good night. And also this girl, Lauren, that trains in um, with us, she had a kickboxing match. She won. So it was just a great night all around, man, you know. And I, and I think, you, you know, you can speak to this, Matt. It's just about seeing things through, right? Like you kept saying, since he changed the fight, you were already happy. It wasn't about winning. Even. Oh, you just wanted to see him dig himself out of a hole. You wanted to see what kind of character you had. You wanted to see what he would do under the gun. What's your what what do you what are you about when you're behind, man? What do you what are you about? And he showed you who he was. And uh, that's all you want as a coach is you just want to improve people. It's really what you want. And winning and and competition is the tool that we use to test that. But if we that's really what our goal is. So you know, it's a, it's a pure thing in that sense. It's big. It's, it's really character development. This same kid I'm talking about, this is his second fight. The first fight he went in, he went in there, took a let the, the opponent down, submitted him within a couple of minutes. It was cool. It was cool. But this was something else. This was him yeah. dealing with, he, he dealt with a real fighter. This other kid was, was, was talented. And uh, he came from Tiger Showman's. And uh, Tiger Showman's is, uh, I don't know if they have them near you, but they're like, they got like a chain, but they're very, they're a little commercial because so people might goof on that, but they put out very good fighters. Fighters that got into the UFC, Uriah Hall, like eventually came from. Yeah, 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 no, I knew that. Yeah. So, yeah, so they put out very good local fighters that got all the way to the world stage. So the kid was well-rounded. So I don't know, it, it's not about just winning. It's also, who did you beat? So yeah, he, he yeah. Beat he beat a tough kid, so it's just again, really, it's a good night. But uh, well, also speaking of tough kid, kids, not to segue into that, but Bryce Mitchell, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. I thought that uh, I thought that was a tough fight for him. You know, Ilya is a super talented kid, and uh, I, you know, I think that everybody knows he's a guy that's going to be in the top five or top ten. Um, and I thought Bryce knew that it was a tough fight. I mean, he says stuff, uh, you know, uh, on air. And I think he's, I think he's, just, he's got his own little personality. You don't know if he's trolling everybody or if he's just being himself. You, you don't know if he's joking or be serious, but I think he took him seriously. And I thought Bryce did a lot better than people give him credit for. I don't, you know, it's like revisionist history. Everyone was like, he got dominated. Well, he got the takedown in the first round. He was landing a little bit of stand up with his hooks and his kicks and, Ilya, I thought, was being very smart. I was impressed with Ilya. He was very patient. Usually, he's very aggressive. And I thought he showed growth there. He was very patient. But I thought Bryce did well um, in the first round. You know, I thought it was, you know, fairly close fight. But in the second round, Ilya started, you know, his boxing is so clean. And he hits those level changes. And he hit that uppercut left hook right hand. And he can wrestle. He's got great jujitsu. Uh, but I, I think Bryce will be back. And I think Ilya will go forward. I think, you know, Bryce can do what he did to Edson to some other people who are in the upper half of the, you know, top 15 and top 20. Uh, obviously, he's got to, you know, try to work on his striking. But let's be honest, okay? Can Ilya beat Volkanovski? Could, could he? Yeah, you think he could beat Volkanovski? Let's look at the top five at 145. Josh Emmett, Volkanovski, Max Holloway. Dude, are you kidding me? So it's like, you know, as you got to look at where he's going to go from there. He did beat Bryce, but when you start looking at the top three and top five at 145 pounds, and you're talking about, and I think Ilya is super talented, but he's a little bit small. I thought he was a little bit small. And I think that you look at Volk who can fight 50, 
35. Max is gigantic. Josh Emmett is a tank. So I wonder what if Ilya would ever be able to make 35 and still carry that power. Um, I don't know, but the size would be the only thing that moving forward skill-wise is phenomenal. What do you think about Volkanovski going up and fighting um, at 155? I mean, I think Volkanovski was 214 pounds at one point. You know, he's got the bone density and, and the muscle mass. He's a strong dude. I mean, Volkanovski is no joke. And the guy is so committed to winning. And, uh, and I still don't think he gets enough credit as, as he really deserves. I mean, he's a really focused guy. doesn't talk shit. You know, he's just a professional. Um, and he's got a tall test with Islam, um, you know, but when you look at it, you know, Charles Oliveira was fighting un- incredibly. Uh, and we know he had an off night, but Islam made it look easy. And Islam has the ability on the ground and he just looks like he's so strong. And I go back to, I did a breakdown on him and it was when he submitted Dan Hooker and, you know, no one gave him enough credit. He took Dan Hooker down and submitted him with a Kimura. And you know how Matt knows, you know how hard it is to get a Kimura uh, and, and, you, and Dan, look at Dan Hooker's resume. He's not a guy easily submitted. So Islam has a certain strength there that, you know, I don't think you want to, you know, discount and i know that you know you go back to the chad mendez fight and volkanovsky got taken down a lot that was a long time ago so that fight's going to be interesting and credit to volkanovsky he absolutely believes he's going to win that fight too by the way i mean i the guy he, yeah these bigger guys that he that that islam controls like even yeah. guys that like they're not known for it but they have the wrestling background even like bobby green who's good at the yeah. anti wrestling just keeping it up he make he makes it look easy. Everybody easy. knows Drew Dober. Drew, I was about easy. to say Drew Dober. Drew Dober's not a little you look, guy. You look at the Armand fight though. That's the real one to look at um, because you know Armand's such a good grappler, and I mean he was just he out wrestled him. You know what I mean? And you're talking about and Matt, I think you speak to this. I mean, being a dominant wrestler. I mean, a truly dominating wrestler. I don't think there's anything that's more powerful than that. Obviously, he has a well, he's well-rounded. He won in striking. He has great jujitsu too, but it's his his grappling strength, similar to Khabib's. It's just like, man, you could have good jujitsu too, but a guy will just shut you down. He's that strong and that dominant grappling. And uh that's Islam. I mean, I was gonna say, like Volkanovsky's working with like Craig Jones, some really good submission guys. Like Craig Jones is he's a good guy to have attacking you day in and day out. If you're going to yeah. be fighting a guy like it, he's like one For of the sure. best in the world. So the fact that he survived on the floor in deep submissions with a guy like Ortega, yeah. uh, that has 100%. to be something. And sometimes, and I know this and, and doing, you know, being in the game as long as you have uh, safe, sometimes you're rolling with smaller guys. They're harder to control. The bigger guys are easy to control. Yeah, you're right. The first time I ever fought a guy shorter than me was a guy named Ivan Medjavar. And Ivan Medjavar, yeah, I know. He's an old, entertaining guy. But he was I wasn't used to fighting a guy shorter, so I'm in half guard, passing his half guard, and then all of a sudden he, like, bounces to his feet, and I'm like, how is he to his feet? So it's like, the little guys sometimes they eat they they have little legs and those little limbs are harder to snatch and so it's true. easier to get up to your feet. That's it sounds so silly, but it is true. No, that 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 is such a good fucking point that you bring up because there's not a lot of movement and room for them to be up, right? They can go yeah. from their from they shrimp and they're on their base. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're against the fence, they're on their base, and they're they've got a low base. 
Yes. So they're hard to take down because yes. they're fucking like a little tree stump. Yes. So, Where's the short jokes then? Yeah, yes. you're right. But <laughs> that, but I still think, and you know this from rolling all these years, there's still those guys, man. They underhook you and put your ass, put your back flat, and you're just like, this guy just feels like a ton of bricks. And that's really, we're just gonna have to see if, if Islam, you know, can do that eat early to Volk because Volk can definitely figure him out and has a very high fight IQ and he can, you know, hit those inside leg kicks and move and use his movement. The guy's a genius and he really game plans well um, with, uh, with his coach um, from freestyle too, I think doesn't get enough credit. He's a great coach too. The guy that's been with him since the beginning and they really break things down really, really well. And you can see the film study. So I think he's going to have some tricks for Islam and be ready. But if Islam takes him down and puts him flat and you don't see, you don't see a lot of movement, he can't get it to his face. Yeah. We'll it, see. It, it's going to be hard. To, I, I, it's, it, I, it's silly. Cause I, every time Bokanaski fights, yeah, it's not that I try to root against them or choose against them or pick against them, but I kind of go with the other guy. I just happened to go with Max and, and with Ortega. And and man, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm always saying I'm not going to pick against them again. And now he's fighting Islam, so I'm like, oh shit, man. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I have to go back on my word. I definitely <laughs> think it'll be a better fight than than Islam and Oliveira. I mean, I I definitely think that. So, you know. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. How about that uh, Raul Rosas Jr.? How, how good, 18 years old, to yeah. not just to win, but to, to be as calm-looking as he was. And some guys have a good poker face, but you can see that he well, just really wasn't overwhelmed I'll, by the moment. I will say he was in our locker room. And uh, what a sweet kid, you know? Like, you know, I mean, I was, I was looking at him and, and just watching how he interacted with the corner and, you know, he had a lot of media with him and everybody was filming him. I mean, it was a lot, you know, and, yeah. you know, we've been in main events before and, and been followed around and they were giving him similar treatment and uh, he was just chilling, you know? And I mean, he, and it, 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 he was just taking it all in. I didn't see him get too high or too low. He wasn't talking shit. He wasn't in the back yelling and screwed, like trying to hype himself up. He was cute, cool, cool as hell back there. And he went out there and did exactly what, yeah. You know, he was, he was doing in the warmup. So that's really what it's about. Can you execute under the lights? And he executed, you know, flawlessly in that. So that kid, I think, man, that kid in a couple of years will really be something. But again, we're, yeah. when you look at the road, Bantamweight, Featherweight, 
lightweight, welterweight. Like, I mean, you just, you could just pick out of a box against some kid that nobody knows who's 0-0 or 1-0 in the UFC, and he might be a goddamn terrorizer. So, I mean, it, it's, there's a long way before we start talking about these sure. guys as contenders. But as an 18-year-old kid, what a G this kid is, you know, going to right. high school. I mean, awesome, unbelievable, incredible. And I think it just shows where the UFC is that this is the evolution now that these kids are 18 years old, have evolved that much, trained that much. The Robbie Lawler stuff was adorable with him showing the Robbie Lawler, uh, the post with him when he was a little kid watching Robbie Lawler. And he was walking around with his shirt off at his house. Ah. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw that. He was walking around with his shirt off and Robbie was on the screen and he was flexing like Robbie and, <laughs> and Robbie actually, Robbie actually called him, I think last week and talked to him before his fight. Uh, Cause he saw the post, but I mean, how cool is that? Right. You know, that yeah. this kid wow. Wow. was got, got videos, you know, walking around acting like Robbie Lawler. And then he was on the same card and then Moreno goes, yeah, he goes, he probably doesn't give two shits to see me. And it was funny because you know, Moreno <laughs> replaced Lawler. Yeah, and uh, it would have been Lawler in his Lawler would have been in his locker room, and I think oh, that you know, shit. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, mad props to that kid. Yeah, and he yeah. also uh, the main fight of the uh, of the undercard too. So they, they gave him a pretty prestigious uh, spot, spot, you know, a, a high yeah. pressure spot in addition to uh, being his agent. You're right; he handled everything really, oh, really yeah. well. He did. He did. He handled it really, really well. Shout out for the minivan for his mom, like getting shit done in there too. Like, you know, getting things done. Uh, I mean, how many kids buy their mom a minivan? You know, I mean, I think that's awesome. So Dana did the right thing. He gave the 50,000 to all, everybody. We got to finish. So, I don't know if you knew about that, Jimmy. That was I did not know. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He, he said Santa Claus or Santa Claus coming early. Maybe he's going to give that to his favorite podcast people too, Jimmy. Christmas. That would be nice. That would be uh, nice. We don't need fifty thousand. Yeah. I mean, a little something would be nice. I yeah, take something. You know, we can split that. We'll probably um, get shirts. We'll probably get UFC shirt. <laughs> and how uh, I was happy for uh, Evan Shabazian too. He, yeah. he was uh, eleven and zero. Then he went to eleven and three. And we talk a lot about guys that that when they're undefeated for so long, it almost becomes a, such a part of the identity that losing yeah. can be happened to Dominic Reyes. Happens to a lot of guys at one point tied to Ivasa, where it just seems like that's such a part of the identity that it shakes them in some way when they when they do lose a fight. So I was happy to see him get that win. I think that uh, you know, it's, you know, we could track this back to Raul type guy. Like Raul's got all this hype. He's going to be four and zero, five and zero. But once these guys run into rank guys like Edmund did, you know, I mean, these top 15 guys, man, they've been there for four years, five years. I mean, they're fucking, that is their, where they live, you know? And yeah, they might not fight a lot. Yeah, there's politics, but guess what? They're fighting the best guys all the time and they're used to the pressure and they know how to win. Look at Neil Mack. This guy knows how to win fights. So these rank fights are just different. And Edmund was so young, um, yet talented, but young, you know, and against Brunson, these guys just drowned him. And I think, he just had to retool and credit to uh, Mick Maynard and the UFC uh, um, for, you know, letting him take time off and build up and then yeah. try to get him the right fights because, you know, uh, there's, he's talented. Right. And, and that goes for everybody. Uh, having a little time off to work on yourself, especially these younger guys that get in so young, you know, like, like you said, I mean, sometimes losing breaks guys, whole confidence and they fall apart. So it's, it's a process. It's a journey. And Ali's his manager, I think, and he suggested it. And you got to give credit to the manager, too, for saying, hey, look, let's just let's not go for the quick money. Let's take time and really make sure that this is going to be here in five years as opposed to 
uh, you know, you don't want to have. Who's the fighter I'm thinking of? Uh, he got he, he he was a young, good-looking blonde kid. Uh, Sage Northcutt. Uh, North yeah. And then he wound up uh, having a tough time. It just seems like he didn't have enough time to work on what he needed Tommy to work on. Tommy Morrison. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy, Mo- Tommy Morrison. Uh, yeah, I mean, so listen, we touched base on pretty much everything. I was uh, sorry to see Joaquin lose. I, he was Chris Curtis. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joaquin Buckley looked really good until he until he got hit with that. I think it was a right that 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 uh, he uh, stopped everything. He was he was flowing in there, and I mean he he was in you know he was in control. And Chris Curtis has got heavy hands though, and I think he you know he was just waiting and being patient. Chris Curtis is another guy. These guys that go and lose and go through hardship. And these stumbles and come back. These guys are dangerous, man, because they've already been burned. They've already, they've already had, you know, the hard times, and they climbed out of that. And that's not easy. So when they're in the octagon and they're going through losing a round or getting hurt, they stay a lot calmer and a lot cooler than the guys that don't have those experiences, right? And it go to what we were just saying. So Chris Curtis is a guy that's not easily deterred, and I think he showed that. He stayed patient, uh, landed that left hand off. That kick, you know, uh, Joaquin was fading away. Yeah. You don't, don't you want to throw kicks on your back foot when you fade away because you're off balance. And that exact thing happened. And, you know, it was just one punch and that was it. And can I just say that I was fucking around when I was saying about it being a hard, not a very Merry Christmas at the Takakis household. I got finished with a spinning back fist, the yeah. first ever in the UFC. All right. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I got my losses, guys. You'll be back. You're a tough fucking guy. Yeah. I'm just fucking around. Well, it is tough. Two brothers lose in that short a period of time. I mean, you know, it is a rough week. Yeah, it's a rough. It's a rough holiday. You're right. Yeah, yeah, but I bet you they, you know, they'll support each other and their sure. family will support them. And again, it's like so you could also look at us as two fucking badass brothers that made it to the UFC. You yeah. Know? And I mean, I think the yeah. what makes me sad now is is I think that we're forgetting how special it is for someone to make it to the UFC, right? Like oh, we're so used to having the cards every week. We're so used to seeing everything that everyone's like, like, yeah, well, who are, who are you? Are you fighting for a bell? Are you ranked? Like you fucking suck. It's like, these are the best fighters in the world. And, 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 you know, Matt knows this too. It's such a sweet community, man. When you, you go to weigh-ins, everybody's so chill and, and loving and respectful. And like, you know, I would say that MMA fighters, coaches people in the mma community and you could say i'm a homer you could say whatever you want uh are some of the best fucking people there are because they got honor and uh because they got to deal with face-to-face combat and you know you can talk as much shit as you want but when you got to go stand like this face to face with the guy and the door shuts it's you and him you're going to square it away and uh there's a lot of there's a lot of just very very great people uh that I've met doing this for, you know, 20 years and people that really live uh, with honor and character and integrity and keep their word. Yeah. There's loud mouths. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, tons of those people, but the Dawkins boys and all the, uh, so many people on the roster that no one knows the Moronos, you know, they don't get any credit, but they're such good people, man. And they're doing such great work in the community and they're people that should be looked up to. And, uh, they're, they stumble too, but at least they got the balls to get in there, man. You know, yeah. so nothing but credit to to everybody in that roster. Do, do you have a fa- like? I, I have a thing. We all have things that we like to see. My favorite thing to watch in MMA is guys that that destroy legs, like watching what Jan did uh, to to uh, uh, Magomed's leg. Like 
just watching a guy do that and to know that a guy's leg is hurt so bad that he hops like because that's basically saying you really fucking hurt me like for a fighter yeah. to let another fighter yeah. know that he's that hurt yeah. is there something that you like like for me i could watch guys like that or barboza or the old uh, jose when he would kick a lot uh justin gaethje anything you like the most to see i mean i know you want I mean, to win but just as a fan of, of of watching guys fight well sarah i think is going to agree with me i mean whenever you got a guy that can dominate physically in the wrestling and uh and that goes back to look we changed our style uh when i first started coaching uh at, at a gym called octagon 2009 uh was a head coach in 2009 we wrestled so much because the guys had more of a wrestling base they weren't comfortable striking they made one mistake look what happened this weekend they would lose so we wrestled 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 well things changed and everybody was able to defend the wrestling and so you had to stand, right? And so now we balance it back out. Now, you know, Jeff Neal, Ryan Spann, Morona this weekend, Diego Ferreira. I mean, I got some savages over there and they all stand and bang. That's what we do. And we just shut down the takedown because I think that's, that's where the game has evolved. But when you have a dominating wrestler like an Islam uh, or a Khabib, someone that can go in there and it doesn't matter. Look at Khabib, you know, and I love Justin Gaethje. He's a sweet kid. Uh, damn good fighter, but I mean, Khabib walked him down. You remember that? He was getting hit yeah. in the face. I mean, Justin Gaethje is not a fucking game. Justin Gaethje yeah. was hitting Khabib. Khabib was just taking it and walking him down like a cycle. Like, wait till I grab you, dude. <laughs> and I mean, that, that shit, you know, I mean, what? If you don't knock the guy out, he walked at him. He wasn't even jabbing. He was just walking him. Yeah. He just I mean, you know what I'm saying? And and when you got guys like that, and I think that's why you see Bo Nickel with so much confidence, and you got guys that can grab your ass like that and just put you down, control you, man, you know, that's something. So it does look boring sometimes when there's not a lot of ground and pound or submissions, but it is, for a coach, I think it's one of the most dominating things because you know how hard it is. And what do you, what's next for, uh, for, I mean, I love Jeff Neal and, and Ryan Spann. Uh, it was just devastating what he did to Reyes. What's next for him, and, and what does he have to do to get closer? Because I know he wants a shot. I think he even mentioned that after that fight. Yeah, well, Ryan was in a great position um, and uh, had an incredible fight against Dom Reyes. And, you know, everyone's like, well, Dom's so chinny. Dom's so chinny. Well, he fought Yuri, and the whole first round was pretty damn close, you know, and he looked dangerous as hell in that fight. Yeah, he yeah. ended up losing in the second round. But I'm just saying, Yuri's knocking everyone out in the first round. Watch the first round of Yuri and Dom. So Dom's dangerous. And, uh, you know, Ryan didn't really get a whole lot of credit for that fight. And I get it, you know. And Ryan stumbled too. And I think when you've stumbled, people don't believe. But, and Matt knows this, fighters hit their streaks, man. And they start to peak and mature. And they start to come into their own. And Anderson did it. George St. Pierre did it. Khabib's done it. All the Matt Sarah fucking did it when he beat George St. Pierre, you know, and, and if you hit it at the right time, right, you can really make magic happen. And I feel like Ryan is that guy, you know, like I was speaking about Chris Curtis. He's a guy that has had stumbles, but now he's just finding his groove and physically six, five, you know, that reach, that speed, the power, the jujitsu, the guillotines, the chokes, the wrestling, he's a problem. And, you know, he's fighting Nikita. In the main event, February, the fourth week of February, uh, and that's going to be a, a tough test for him. But I, I feel like he's really one of those guys that's, like I said, he's getting his groove. And Jeff Neal is fighting Shavkat uh, in the co-main event, January 14th, and that's a fight that he wanted. Um, Shavkat's tough as hell, undefeated, scary guy. Uh, 
but you know, uh, that that's, that's the fight because those guys in the top five, Colby, you know, Kamaru and Leon, obviously that's not going to happen. He's already fought Bilal, beat Bilal, but Bilal deserves a lot of credit because he's been on a win streak as well. So, and uh, him and Gilbert, that fight didn't materialize for whatever reason. So um, we'll see, you know, if Jeff gets past Shapcat and does great, we'll see what's next for him and, and for Ryan. But those guys are, like I said, they're guys that were undefeated 4-0, 5-0, got in the rankings, stumbled a little bit for, for health reasons, timing, whatever. Now they're kind of really surging up into that top 10, top five and, You've got to really be prepared for that level, and I think that those guys now are prepared for it. Uh, Jimmy, I, sure. I want to I want to just add in here because I I didn't talk to you about that Florida card because I was away that day. Okay. Uh, and really quick, Roman, uh, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Delizzi. Yeah. I I said Delizzi, but I I might be wrong. Yeah, Delizzi. yeah that sounds right. Yeah. I always think I'm right until I hear John Anik or Bruce Buffer say it differently. Then I don't like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So yeah, I, I, was, <laughs> I was impressed when Roman what he did with Jack Hermanson, that grappling display. I I'm impressed with his confidence in his power and his strikes. Yeah. Jack Hermanson knows he's a very good grappler, and for him to get it, the, 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 the I love the exchanges, and yeah. I, I the fact that he got him in a calf slice. And he kept him there to ground and pound them out. The control, the control of that was was a beautiful thing. A lot of guys would have tapped to that calf slice, but yep. Jack's very flexible. That's right. He kept it, he triangled it, and he beat him up from there. And I'm and I'm also impressed with the call out. Who's calling out Kamzat? And how come nobody's talking about it until right now? I mean, yeah. it's, he's calling that, he's calling out yeah. Kamzat. I, yeah. think that, I think that's a fascinating fight. I mean, for a guy, to, for this guy, Roman, to take this fight, right, unranked, and to come in and win this fight, like the way that, I mean, first of all, we know Hermanson is the fucking joker on the ground. That's his shit. He's great yep. on the ground, you know? He's a guy that takes you down, submits you, gets your head. He's very well-versed in everything. Footlocks, too. I mean, the guy is... His game plan was to take him down, you know? Yeah. And so for him to hit the calf slicer, which mm -hmm. Matt knows, this is probably the hardest submit. This is probably harder than a twister, I would say. I'd say the calf slicer is harder than the twister. Uh, if you had to rank it, I mean, it might be the hardest submission there is. Maybe the Uma plot, I mean, a go-go plot, it might be harder. But yeah. I, Well, the, the calf slice, when guys are going to get out of a knee bar, it's it's right. It, it could be there more, more than more often – than people think but if you try to go for it from different like with one hook in and stuff like there's that probably, there's yeah. probably not five calf slicers in the history of the ufc yeah. definitely maybe well, not more well, than 10 charles, charles Oliveira definitely got one charles Oliveira was the first one he was the first one oh. um but, but I, I i don't know if there's more than 10 you know what i mean so for probably. him to do it for him to do it to jack on five days notice or whatever it was and then to get on top and finish like that and keep the control, like Matt said, I mean, that shit was, that was a bonus no matter what happened for the rest of the night. That's a bonus every single time. And then for him to go number eight, yeah, man, nothing but credit to that dude. I mean, he's, he's hitting his stride like we were talking about. I would like to see him versus Kamzat. I think that would be, I think that would be something else. I know Kamzat, we're thinking he's probably... He's not taking know. that. Kamzat won't take that he's fight. Not, he, yeah, he's, he's yeah, but, Rum doesn't have a big enough name. Yeah. And why would you fight down against a guy so dangerous? It's almost like there's no 
upside if you beat him it's like well you're a bigger name and and you know it's a tremendous risk uh, yeah i don't but he, yeah. i don't think he's afraid of it but i just don't i don't think he would take that fight it's a, it's a risk he doesn't need to take i i, I agree with that it's That's something you might it's something we might see in the future though i'm telling you after frankie oh. edgar lost to brian ortega taking a fight he didn't have to because max got everyone was like what the fuck am i thinking taking a fight i don't have to because it cost him a shot at the title even though everybody loved frankie for taking yeah. the fight true yeah. that um, you know, because he's such a tough guy. Well, say that, that that's uh, I, I guess our show. Say that you we appreciate you being on. I could talk to you for hours. You're such a great guest. We went way longer than we normally do. Um, what do you want to promote besides Fortis down there in Dallas? Is there anything you want to promote? No, I mean we don't we we don't got to promote anything of mine. It's always a pleasure. I haven't talked to you guys forever. You know, I appreciate you always giving me love too. You know, and and Matt yeah. always giving me love. Like, that shit matters, man. Especially coming from coaches you know that know and uh you know we're nice about it we're sugarcoating it but you know we're, we was, mind meld on that shit big time he knows what i'm talking I was, about i was watching the fights uh in florida with my uh father-in-law i don't know if i told you safe i said it on the show though and uh they showed both corners it was you and one of your fighters and uh, the other corner and they had the other corners audio and i go this is bullshit i go i want we want to hear him i'm telling zero my father-in-law Trust me. I go, you want to hear this one? Go, this is bullshit. <laughs> All of a sudden, they went over to you. And they went, what? They went over to you like mid-fuck. You're like, you better fucking get in there. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. My okay, syrup well, drinking his wine. And it was great. So I, I appreciate you know, that, man. I do. You know, it's, it's always, it's not only um, good technical advice, but, you know, it's that it's that cattle prod the guys need sometimes. Yeah, so I, I love it. I do. Keep up the good work, bro. Yeah, good talking to you, Safe. Thank you very much. And come back again, please, anytime you want. It's my pleasure, guys. Okay, buddy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.